are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. And I will speak to you this morning on the subject, the Lamb. And if you're looking at John's Gospel, chapter 1, we'll see as recorded in Scripture that time when John came and the hour and the moment came when Jesus would come upon the scene to be announced as the Lamb of God. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. What a day, what an announcement to the world that God's Lamb had come. When you look into the heavens that God made, and on a clear night, when everything is so beautiful, and the heavens are like when he stretched them out, and you see the stars and all of their beauty, but it's sometimes, or maybe on one particular night or one particular occasion, there may be just one star that seems to shine a little brighter than the rest of the stars. When you read the Scripture and you read the Word of God, in reading it, you know with assurance that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All of it is profitable to us for doctrine and for reproof. And yet, when you read every portion of Scripture, one time or maybe two times, every single word, every portion of Scripture, there may be that time when you were reading that Scripture and through the Bible that somehow, maybe at a special time, that just one passage of Scripture seemed to jump out at you. One passage of Scripture maybe at this particular time in your life or situation that somehow you just needed something from God today and one passage of scripture seemed to be brighter than all the rest of them not to the discount of any of the rest of them and probably some of you probably all of you have one passage of scripture that for some reason or other is just your private passage of scripture it's meant something and means something special. Your mind's Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up with wings as eagles and run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's mine. It came to me years ago at a right time. And all scripture is important and is precious. But that one just something very special for me. And I know yours is for you. And like the star that maybe is special and shines brighter, so is all of the names that is given the Lord Jesus Christ. Every name that the Father gave the Son to be recorded so that we may have them. And he gave the many of them. Every one of those names has a very special meaning. 
It means something special to us. And it seems like that, that every name given the Lord Jesus Christ, that name has a particular emphasis to a particular situation that we may go through or look to. And when you read about the scripture and you can find one of those names being Messiah. Yes. And boy, amen. And his name shall be called Emmanuel. Yes. God with us. I like that one. Yes, sir. Uh, he is El Shaddai. And certainly he's Omega. He's Jehovah. Well, he's the cornerstone. He's called the vine. And the day spring on high. He's called the way, the truth, and the life, the door, the high priest. He's called the Savior. Every name means something very special. It has a special blessing for each and every one of us. Over 700 of them. Did you know that? Over 700 names given in the Bible as the titles and names to the Lord Jesus Christ. And like Scripture, there may be one portion that's so bright. Like all the stars that shine in heaven, there may be one that's just a little brighter for us. Out of all the 700 names given and titles given to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, it seems like of those 700, there, there may be just that one out of the 700 that shines just a little brighter for humanity. That maybe in it, it's just a little bit richer for all of humanity. In no less than 25, maybe 26 times at least in the book of the Revelation alone, he is called by name the Lamb. Amen. He is our high priest. We say amen. He is our El Shaddai. He is our counselor, our cornerstone. But God chose to introduce him as the Lamb. Of all of those, it seems like that that one is fuller. It is, it is richer. Richer and the whole book is about the Lamb. And when you read the Bible beginning in Genesis all the way through to Revelation, and you'll find over and over and again in different ways and means by which God keeps reminding us of that Lamb that was to come. And after the Lamb has come, and shed his blood on Calvary. Then through the rest of the Bible, the preachings about the Lamb. And then when you get into that last book, the book of the Revelation, sure. Revelation alone, 25 times you see him in his settings and what he's saying and, and what they're saying about him in heaven is the Lamb. Of all of those names, God said to John the Baptist, this is how I want you to introduce him. I want you to say, behold, the Lamb, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Oh, he could have introduced him as the King of Kings. He would have been right. He could have said, behold, the great I am. And he would have been right. He could have said, behold, our mediator. He would have been right. He could have said, behold, our conqueror. He could have said, behold, our high priest. And it would have been right. But God said, no, I want you to introduce him as the lamb. 
And no wonder why. Before man would need a cornerstone and before he would need a king, before he would need a mediator, he had mankind had to have a lamb. For we were lost without God and couldn't make our way to God. And no way to have our sins forgiven unless there came a lamb from God. Hallelujah. He's never wrong, is he? And John said, Behold the Lamb that taketh away the sin of the world. And this morning I take you to that scene and that time and begin to look at it. And when we look at this situation recorded as a Bible, we do behold the coming of that Lamb. Which was according to 1 Peter 1 verse 19. Their main mission was to take away and pay the sin debt for the whole world. For it says in 1 Peter 18 and 19, For as much as you know that we were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot and a lamb without blemish. The lamb has come. But oh, it was foretold of him. Long, it was pictured long before that. When you go back over to the first book and you get it, start reading in the book of Genesis and Genesis in chapter 4, you'll find there the lamb, this lamb is typified in the firstling of the flock slain, slain by Abel. You remember the story of Cain and Abel. And Cain brought the fruit of the land, and the Bible says in verse 2 of chapter 4, and, uh, and Sarah, and she again bare a brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground at the offering unto the Lord, and Abel he also brought of the firstling of his flock, and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. When you start back there with Abel, you see here a lamb, the firstling of the flock, is slain. And it typifies that lamb that would come, that would be announced that day. And then when you get over to Genesis again in chapter uh, 22 and verse 8, you'll find the lamb is prophesied there. The picture is given to us in prophecy. And about the statement of Abraham to his son Isaac. And when Abraham was told by God, I want you to go to Mount Moriah, I want you to offer your son, and everything was in preparation, everything was ready, they got up on the mountain, and Isaac said to his father in verse 7, and Isaac spake and said unto his father, My father, he said, here am I, son, and he said, Behold the fire, the wood, and where's the lamb? For a burnt offering. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. Yeah. Hallelujah. And certainly in the thicket, there was a sacrificial animal laid aside. And so when you go back in the Old Testament, that lamb there is typified. And when you go there to Genesis 22 and verse 8, he is prophesied. And thank God when you go to Exodus chapter 12, you'll find that the lamb is applied. The lamb's blood is applied. 
When you get over to that book of Exodus in chapter 12 and you begin to read, and then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. In verse 23, For the Lord will pass through the smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your houses and smite you. He said, Hey, take a lamb for this household. And take the blood of that lamb and apply it. And so when you get over to the book of Exodus chapter 12, now... The blood of the lamb is applied. But thank God now when you move over into the New Testament, you see the lamb identified. You know who that lamb is. Oh, he's typified in Abel's offering. And yes, uh, he is prophesied in the offering made by Abraham. And yes, we are seen in Exodus chapter 12 where the blood is applied to that lamb. But now, thank God, we know who that lamb is. Hey, hey, because you know what? John said, that's the lamb right there. That's the one we've been reading about. That's the one we've been talking about. That's the picture we've been seeing. Hey, it's more than a picture now. That's the lamb right there. Behold the lamb. Identified. But thank God right now, we behold the lamb magnified. Oh, I'm here to tell you, in heaven, they're shouting the victory of the Lamb. Yes, sir. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 11, I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times, 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb. I read down in verse 13, saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and forever. Thank God this morning that you and I can look back to that Lamb that was typified and prophesied and applied and identified and magnified. And now, thank God, we have that lamb glorified in Revelation chapter 22. When we read over here in verse 2, and, and uh, she uh, bear again. Rev 22 said, Behold, the Lamb of God yeah. is the light of the city and so forth. It says so much in Revelation about that lamb. That lamb was typified and prophesied and identified. And thank God with all the energy I've got left in me, I want to muster all of it together. I'm here to tell you, I want to glorify that lamb. I want to magnify that lamb that was shed for us. I want to do what he said should be done, that if I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto me. What can I say more to you this morning that would help you than just to lift you up, up Jesus and point you to the lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world? We behold the lamb in his coming. We behold the lamb in his crucifixion. For the Bible says in the book of Acts in chapter 8, the place of the scripture where he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. 
He was led as a lamb, but he was the lamb of God. There was only one lamb that could pay the sin debt for the world. And he was led as that lamb, a willing lamb who laid down his life. No man can take it. I lay it down. Thank God he loved you and me enough to lay down his life for us. At Calvary, the final picture of the lamb to be slain is painted for us. And when you look back over that, you see just what all he did pay for. When you go back over to Genesis chapter 4, and you look at Abel's offering, there you see the sacrifice was made uh, for an individual, just Abel, and it was accepted by the Lord. And when you go back over to, to Genesis in chapter 4, uh, you'll, you'll find the sacrifice there like the sacrifice in Genesis 4 was for the individual. But when you go to Exodus in chapter 12, you'll find there when the blood of the lamb is slain and put it on the doorpost and the lintel, there you see the salvation for a household. But thank God when you get over to Leviticus chapter 16 and you see where the high priest takes the blood, the sacrificial animal, and goes into the holy of holies and there anoints the mercy seat and atones for the sins of the children of Israel. And so, hey, when we look back to the very beginning, we see a lamb slain for an individual. Then we go to Exodus and see a lamb slain for a household. Then you go to Leviticus and you see a lamb slain for a nation. Thank God when you go to John you see a lamb slain for the whole world everybody that's where you got in that's where I got in isn't it wonderful that all can get in there too (laughs) if you're lost this morning you can get in he paid the debt for the world the sacrifice the lamb crucified and when you think about that There's so much to say about it, but it does at least assure us of sins forgiven. That's why you and I can sing, There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Aren't you glad, huh? Aren't you glad about that? Not the singing, but the truth of it, amen. It assures us of victory. The blood of the Lamb assures us of having victory in our Christian life. Where does the power to stand for God and live for God, where does the power come to say, no to Satan? Give us the power to say we can stand and we can die faithful in the Lord. It comes through the blood of the Lamb. I take you to one incident over in Revelation chapter 12. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. 
There's power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. That gives us the power. But hey, it does more than that for us. It assures you and assures every saved person because of the blood of the Lamb, it assures us of a seat at the marriage supper yes, sir. of the Lamb. Yes, and we'll get to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and right. all in the canyon of the kingdom of God. Isn't that great? Oh, I like it for the Bible says in Revelation in chapter 19, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb. He's the cornerstone. He's the high priest. He's El Shaddai. He's all of that. But we're going to sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb, the Scripture says, because the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, and then at Calvary, literally, made it possible for us to sit down at that Lamb. And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Aren't you glad? Can I just pause to say a moment here? Why we're so happy and so glad that we got a seat waiting for us and that we're going and sit down. Will somebody sit there also because of you? Who have you got? Who have I got going to the marriage supper? is going to be able to sit there because we loved and cared and witnessed and won somebody to Christ. Amen. Maybe someone will come up. Maybe they might be sitting next to you and say, hey, Brother Spears, boy, I'm so glad you came and told me about it. Amen. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. When we look at the Lamb, we see the Lamb crucified. And when we behold the Lamb, we behold the Lamb at His crowning. He was first crowned in mockery, this Lamb. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 22 and verse 63, And the men that held Jesus mocked Him and smote Him. And when they had blindfolded Him, they struck Him on the face and asked Him, saying, prophesy who is it that smote thee and many other things blasphemously spake they against him yeah they spake against him but i got news for that crowd and this crowd yes, he's going to have the last word yes sir amen right. amen yes he sure will yes this old world today is still having a lot to say about him. But he'll have the last word. Bow down. Every knee bow down. Every tongue confess that this is the lamb slain Amen. from the foundation of the world. Amen. I'm glad. Hey, this old, don't get nervous about what this world's talking about. We got the Word of God. The truth of the Word of God. Amen. The Catholic priest is dead. And he's not going to get up. But ours got up. He's up. And we can rejoice in that.
They crown him in mockery. But I got a good promise to share with you this morning, just to refresh you in it and rejoice in it, though you've heard it many more times. There's coming a day, according to Scripture, he's going to be crowned again, but it won't be in mockery, it'll be in majesty. But the Bible says in Luke chapter 1, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. And that lamb will sit on the throne in majesty as the world bows before him. He'll sit on, ma- sit on that throne in majesty at the judgment seat for every Christian to stand before him. He will reign in majesty and reign forever and forever. I'll leave you with this last thought about this lamb that we look at in the Old Testament all the way to Calvary, who's now seated in the heavens. Not only can we behold this lamb at his crowning, but we can, with assurance, behold the lamb in his conquering. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings. And by the way, he's the King of everything. In the heavens, in the earth, he's King of everything. He is the sovereign God. He controls. He rules. He says what he wants to say. He does what he wants to do. Everything is upheld by the word of his power, the scripture says. And one of these days, when you read Revelation chapter 19, hey, we're going to see heaven opened up. And when it opens up, uh, there's going to be a great white horse. And upon that white horse is going to be that lamb. Is going to be the king of kings. And the scripture says, he that sits upon him is called faithful and true. And his name is called the word of God. And that lamb is coming. He comes. We come. All the holy angels come. Brother, when that crowd comes with the captain of their salvation, who's going to stand against him? (laughs) And he's coming as the conquering lamb. They put him to death as a lamb. He wants them to know I'm coming back as a lamb. But with the power of God in my hand. For Revelation chapter 16 and verse 6 and 16 and 17. And they are saying in those days of wrath and judgment. And said the mountains and the rocks fall on us. Highest from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. And from the wrath of the lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Revelation 17, verse 14. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And they that are with him are called chosen and faithful. Yes, he is the King of kings. They crucified him in a lamb. He's coming back as that conquering lamb again to sit on that throne, to rule and to reign. And thank God we'll be able to rule and reign with him. Amen. Amen. 
What a day. What good news it was for us. When John said, Behold the Lamb that taketh away the sin of the world. I'm pointing you, both saved and unsaved. Oh, if I could just take you back in picture tonight, this morning. Take you back in picture and just sort of point that way and say, and somehow you could just see the Lamb of God standing there. I'm just seeing him and then reading all about what God has said about him, what he's done for you, what he's doing for you, prepared the table for you, prepared a city four square for you. Just seeing him again this morning, how could we do less than the best? Oh, and how could you who are lost without God this morning leave this place knowing that He's alive, He lives, He's coming again, and you're going to meet Him and I'm going to meet Him. But thank God you have the opportunity this morning to take advantage of what the Lamb has done for you. Because when he died on Calvary's cross and shed his blood, he shed it for every single person who has ever lived and ever will live. I don't believe in an atonement uh, that just covers a few. (laughs) I believe it it covered the sin debt of the world. Not just table, not just a household, not just a nation. But he died for the world. That lets you get in. If you want to get in. The choice has got to be yours. At that door. He said I'm the door. And at that door. Is forgiveness for your sin. And the hope for heaven. And for all that God has for you. And so I'm asking you this morning. Would you'd like to be saved today know for sure beyond any shadow of a doubt that when you lie down to die that you're going to go to heaven and then I would ask you who are children of God this morning when you think look back just quickly on your life and you think hey you know boy I could do some upgrading on my thankfulness here I am and looking forward to enjoy all this, knowing that he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he's told you that I'm here for your time of need and I can find him. I know where he is. And yet I haven't lived really like I could live for him. I haven't given, I haven't labored, I haven't sacrificed. But you know, I can... I can upgrade my thankfulness this morning. And I can come to an old-fashioned place and get on my face and say, Lord, I've somehow got caught up in living so much till I've not been thankful in expressing my gratitude for what you've done for me. Would you stand and we'll pray.
I don't know how soon, but maybe soon, he will come or you and I will go to meet him. And I know when you look at a man 77 years of age, you think, well, you're closer than I am to the finish line. Maybe not. You may be closer than I am. And so with that in mind, none of us know how close we are. In fact, there may be someone here this morning, this may be your last opportunity to upgrade your thankfulness with the Lord. And so you ought to leave your place and come this morning and know, Lord, I not only to be thankful with my lips, but this is how I can upgrade my thankfulness. This is how I can express it with my living for you. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.